Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. A couple of years ago, David and I did an episode called Catalysts Versus Calling. Now, that episode has been listened to and shared quite a bit since then. And in that one, David mentioned that sometimes your catalyst can become an idol and even begin to suck the life out of you. On today's episode, we wanted to revisit that idea and talk more specifically about that aspect of catalysts versus calling, because we believe that it will be really helpful for you as you're embarking on a brand new school year, which for some of you is your very first homeschool year. Today's podcast is sponsored by the award-winning CSB Explorer Bible for Kids. Check out that Bible and all the tools that it has to offer your family at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explore Bible. David and I will be right back to talk all about how your catalysts can become idols if you're not careful. So stay tuned. David, we got this question from someone who had listened to our Catalyst versus Calling podcast, and where you audaciously said that <laughs> your your Catalyst can become an idol and even suck the life out of you if you focus on it too intently, if you get too obsessed with that Catalyst and you don't move on to your actual calling. And so I wanted to revisit that today. I want us to look really, really specifically at some catalysts and how they become an idol, because I think that that will be very instructive for people looking for what to really be aware of, to be on the lookout for. But before we do that, I think that we need to catch people up because not everyone has heard that conversation. So can you explain to me in just a couple of minutes what you mean by catalyst versus calling? So that actually came from the book of Jonah. It's the story of Jonah, and that is a story that our kids used to love. I love it, and I've preached out of it many times. And it's a pretty simple story, you know. You, Jonah gets this this calling from the Lord. He's a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel, and he gets this calling from the Lord to go to Nineveh and actually tell them to repent. And he refuses, and he runs in the opposite direction, and then he, he what. In his running, he gets in a boat, he's on the water, and a storm comes. And he actually encourages the sailors and the captain of the ship to throw him overboard, which would save the ship. And he urges them to do that, and they are hesitant, but eventually they throw him overboard. And as soon as they throw him overboard, the storm stops. Jonah sinks down into the ocean and he's actually swallowed by a big fish. And the big fish, he repents and he agrees and he tells the Lord, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I'm obviously summarizing here. I'm sorry, I was wrong. I will do this thing that you asked me to do. The big fish takes him to the shore and actually spits him out onto the shoreline. He gets up and he walks to Nineveh and he preaches to them. And Nineveh repents of their ways in sackcloth and ashes. And so the calling of Jonah 
was to preach basically repentance to the city of Nineveh. The catalyst in this story is the big fish. Jonah refuses to do the calling, and he runs in the other direction. And you don't always have to in our lives. You don't have to be running in order to face a catalyst. But the big fish or the catalyst brings you back to your calling, right? That's the purpose. Right. But sometimes we become really enamored with the catalyst in our lives. It's easy. That's an easy thing to fall prey to. Absolutely. And so to continue on with the story of Jonah, just imagine if Jonah came to the Ninevites and said, this big fish brought me here to preach repentance to you. The big fish is the reason why I'm here. The Ninevites probably would have built an idol to the big fish. But instead, he says, God told me to come here. And this is the message that I got from God. This is the calling that I had that you need to repent. And if you don't repent, God's going to destroy this city. Knowing that God is the one that had sent Jonah, the Ninevites repent and they start to worship God. They don't worship an idol. They worship God. And so that's where that idea comes from. Catalyst versus calling. And so in our own lives, we have all kinds of catalysts. You think about homeschooling. We have all kinds of catalysts that bring us to homeschooling. And they're not, these are not bad things. These are actually really, really good things because God can use anything to get your attention. That's exactly right. They can be, they can be good things. They can be okay things. I, you know, really they can be horrible things, but they don't have to be. And they could be really, really good things. Let's say that you're homeschooling because your child is getting beaten up every single day. Well, that's a good reason to homeschool. That's not a bad reason to homeschool. But if that becomes your only reason to homeschool, right, that catalyst now becomes this idol. And in order to, and, and, and catalyst will become an idol. Well, right? and also, if if you don't, this is kind of an aside, but if you don't move on from those catalysts, and get something bigger, something more tangible, really, truly at that calling level, your resolve to stay the course is going to be as flimsy as your catalyst. So if God has called you to do something and he uses, you know, to use your example, a a bully at school to get your attention, if that's all that you move forward, you just are running away from this bully, you don't actually turn to anything better, bigger, then as soon as that bully is in a different class, you know, you go from an elementary school to a different middle school, whatever, then your resolve to stay the course is gone. You have no other reason. And so you've got to be really careful that, you know, just from a very practical standpoint, that you don't get lost swimming in that catalyst for a long time. You've got to move beyond it. Yeah. And and, and the point here is not to keep you homeschooling, it's to keep you out of idolatry. And so the, the, the idea of what a catalyst will do to you if it becomes an idol, where I say idols do what idols do, they suck the life out of you. What that comes from is it comes from Psalms 115, and I encourage everybody to read it. Psalm 115 goes through, you know, an idol that has a mouth, but it cannot speak. It has a nose, but it cannot breathe. It goes through all of these things, and then it says... Those who make them become like them. And what that psalm is saying is that you become dead like an idol. 
You become like the idol. You have a mouth, but you cannot speak. You have a nose, but you cannot breathe. You become dead. It sucks the life out of you. And that's what idols do. Idols suck the life out of you. And sucking the life out of you basically means that you have you lose your meaning. It becomes vain. It doesn't give you, it takes and it takes and it takes and it never gives you anything back. That's what an idol does is that it sucks the life out of you. Things that are alive multiply. Yeah. And so if it's not multiplying, if it's not, you know, giving you, you know, compound interest back in your life. Well, and bringing joy. It bringing joy. Like it was life giving. If it's not life giving, exactly, then it's an idol. And and catalyst can become an idol, even though it may be an okay thing. Maybe it's a good reason to bring your kids home. But if that's where you sit, why are you homeschooling? Well, because I want my children to have the best academic education that they can have, right? Well, that can become an idol. That that might be an idol. Right. Although, and and again, it's very important that you that we make this very clear. Because I, I want us to take, you know, four or five of these specific catalysts and flip them on their head, show how they can become an idol so that we're kind of sounding an alarm, what to look out for. But understand that all of these catalysts are actually valid, good things. These are not terrible things. I, I agree, starting with academics, because for a lot of people, homeschooling becomes all about academics. It's so funny to me. That even though we talk heart school all the time, when we talk to people, it's all about mission and they know this. They actually come to teach them diligently because they are missional. People who are listening in are missional. And yet when I talk to them, the first thing that they always ask me about is curriculum. And it's because we're just so programmed to think academically because we are talking homeschooling. So Schooling is clearly academics, whereas, you know, a hard school approach, academics actually supports the mission. So it's it's just funny. This is definitely the place to start because I think this is where everybody's head well, goes first. So, so let's, let's stop real quick and say the calling. There's only one call. The calling is to bring your children to Jesus Christ. There is a gospel focus to what you're doing. That is the calling. And so I think we ought to go ahead and just state that right up front and be, you know, very strong on that. There's one calling that every single parent has, and that is to bring your children to Jesus Christ. That's your calling. And a catalyst or the big fish is bringing you to that calling. And homeschooling becomes a phenomenal tool to accomplish that because it gives you time. It gives you intentionality. It gives you conversations. It gives you shared life experiences. It gives you all of these things. But let's take several of these Absolutely. these specific catalysts and see where the conversation takes us. So first of all, like you brought up academics, how on earth can academics, which are so important because part of our mission has to be preparing our children well to, to walk through whatever doors God has for them. So academics are clearly important. And for a lot of people, academics are a catalyst because they know that they can give their children a better education than they're getting elsewhere. However, that very easily can become an idol. How do you see that happening? Well, I, I could see that happening because as you give more and more focus on academics, what you're doing during the day becomes more and more and more rigid. It becomes about 
finishing the chapter that's in the, the textbook. It becomes about drilling your children constantly. It's about pushing and pushing and pushing them to be able to make the highest grade possible. Academics becomes the entire world that the homeschool is built around. Well, and also- what ends up happening in that is you end up missing the entire relationship side of that because it's no longer about developing a relationship with your children. It's about how good of a grade they get. It's about how well they score on the standardized test. And so everything is geared towards that grade or that test score or, you know, being so many different grade levels ahead of every single other person. Well, it also can become very time consuming in the in the fact that, you know, this is something that is very personal. We are dealing with this now. We have one who is still left in high school. And it's amazing to me because a strategy that we used with all the other kids that just the outlet that we used has really, really changed quite a bit. And the expectations, the dynamic that that is there has really, really changed. And so with our youngest child, we've had some conversations about, you know, if you stay this course, this is going to rob you of a whole lot of opportunities to serve, a whole lot of opportunities with us and your siblings. It It is becoming um, this academic pursuit that, that the others did has transformed to where it is now actually becoming untenable within the mission of our family. And that has had to be something that we've cut way, way back on. Instead of taking three, four classes at a co-op, she's now doing one. She's keeping her toe in there, but but we've pulled a lot of it back because it was getting out of balance. It does not, it did not anymore support the mission that God had given us as a family. Whereas before that same group had been a great help because it allowed me to shore up some things that I was uncertain in. It gave the kids a good outlet and a solid form of instruction on a few things. And then it did not impede on the missional work that we were doing within our home. So with with as with anything, what you have to do is evaluate and prayerfully look at how all of these elements fit within the grand scheme of your mission rather than just barreling forward, because I promise you that every everything that the enemy can throw at you on academics is going to be ramping things up because he knows that the more that he can ramp up the academics in your family, the less focused you're going to be on your actual calling. And that is a huge danger. And he makes it so enticing because we know that GPA and scores are what are going to give our kids scholarships and opportunity and all of that. It's all works together. And there's not saying anything that they can't get those. A lot of times there's you still can prepare them well for those. This isn't a ding on academics. Academics are important. However, you've got to make sure that you are not allowing the focus on academics to draw you away from the calling on your life and therefore suck the life out of you and your children at the yeah. same time. Academics can become something that it gives you nothing back. It gives you nothing back. And so it actually robs the opportunity you have to develop the relationships with your children. It did, robs the opportunities you have to actually focus on the mission to it just it it starts to suck the life out of you. And so that is really what the sign is, is that when you start feeling like there is no meaning in this thing, that it is vain, that it is not 
you get to the end of the day and you're like, what did I just do? And you start seeing that as a consistent theme. Good chance there's an idle present. Yeah. Yeah. And when there's an idle present, you need to work really hard to try to pull it out. Yep. And to remove it. And academics, again, like you were saying before. They're important. They're They're a good thing. (laughs) They're a good thing, but they should not be number one in your homeschool. Absolutely. Under any circumstances. Your calling needs to be number one. Absolutely. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. The award-winning CSB Explorer Bible for Kids helps kids place God's Word in the middle of God's world. Within its engaging, full-color pages, kids will interact with the people, places, and things of the Bible and God's creation. Fascinating images, illustrations, timelines, and study helps show archaeological evidence, introduce key characters, explain new concepts, and help kids experience the wonder and truth of the Bible. QR codes placed throughout the Bible bring educational videos, discussion questions, and activity pages to life, helping kids apply key truths of the Bible to real-world experiences. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Explorer Bible to get your copy now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Explorer Bible. All right. So the next one that I wanted to bring up is a lot of people have started homeschooling for the opportunity to get their children away from let's just say the declining and godless culture. You can you can fill in the blanks there with all the things that people are running from, but there's there's a lot to run from. There is wickedness in our faces and our schools are overrun with it. And we all know this. Even people who don't know the Lord are uncomfortable in large measure with what's going on in our schools because they've gone so far. And so there's actually two two outcomes that I see of this that are really really dangerous for families. When you focus so much on getting away from this godless godless culture, you find yourself very quickly and your children as well isolated. You 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 really kind of circle the wagons. You are removing yourselves from everything and that sets in sets in motion some things that I think are very very damaging because God didn't call us to be isolated. In fact, we are told throughout God's word to live in community with one another. We are told to not forsake the assembling of each other. We are told to bear one another's burdens. There are countless passages where the the word of God instructs us not to isolate ourselves. We also know that our enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And those who are isolated are a whole lot easier to devour than those who are plugged in and growing and changing and living in community with others. So that isolation that when you kind of take that focus on getting away from to the extreme where you find yourself isolated, that cannot just suck the life out of you, which it does. It removes joy. It it makes you very insecure. You There are a lot of tangible outcomes of that sucking the life out of you. But it also makes you, it puts you and your children in a very, very vulnerable position. Absolutely. The other side of this would be judgment. Because if you spend so much time actually hurling stones at the, what you just ran from, you start to become very judgmental. 
And it's almost like you are thinking that those people deserve what they get. It's like you are, you, you're hateful towards them. And living that way, you are not called to be judgmental of people that are without the Lord. You are called to be a witness to them in word and deed. So therefore, you are so much of the light that your light actually convicts them. Right. But you're supposed to be, your your interaction with them should be sprinkled with compassion. Mm-hmm. And compassion is something that is not just sympathetic towards other people, but it has this desire to reach out and help them. And so when you see other people that are going down the wrong path and they just have just wrong ideas, and I'm using very general terms here, you guys fill in the blanks where you want it to be, your desire, your motivation should be to reach down and help them. Right. And to bring them back. That should be your desire, not to hurl stones at them. Exactly. Well, and it's important to note, too, that removing your family, your children from an environment like that is a very good thing. Our kids need to be prepared to live in this world one day, but we should not put them out there before they have a foundation for their faith to stand firm. So that is a very valid, very good reason to pull out of a situation. Absolutely. And there's a lot of benefits to it for your family. That's right. But you can take this to the point where it becomes an idol, where then it starts to suck the life out of you and your family and you start to lose your witness. Mm -hmm. And it's become a catalyst that has now become an idol. Yep. Yep. And so it is actually moving you away from your calling, not towards your calling. Absolutely. And so that is what, that's where, that's how this thing develops. And this is anything, anything, again, just to reiterate this, any catalyst, whether it is good, okay, or horrible, all of them have the ability to become an idol. And once it becomes an idol, it sucks the life out of you. And once you notice that the life is being sucked out of you, being characterized by just sucking the life out of you. You need to start searching for these idols and remove them and start reorienting things towards your calling. Well, and that's that's a really important point is that reorientation and removing the idols are it's, it's important to remove the the designation, the focus. You're not going to remove academics. You're not going to all of a sudden drop your kids back in a godless situation. So you, but you remove the focus on them that has gotten so out of whack that it has transformed it into an idol because that is where the danger zone is. I want to move on. I'm going to combine a few of them here because they're very closely related, but a lot of people start because they are very eager for and excited about the time, flexibility, and freedom that homeschooling affords them. And those are three things that are such great assets for your mission that homeschooling it just it, how homeschooling is such a great tool to support your mission because you have time with your kids you have flexibility to take those detours to have those heart conversations you have the freedom to guide their academics guide their extracurriculars allow them to explore what really god has created them to do all incredibly incredibly good things until they get out of black And I think that this is one of those things that I have more conversations with frustrated moms about than anything else, because 
when you allow time, for example, to get out of line, because you were so excited about all this time that you would have, and you find that instead of utilizing and maximizing that time, you're actually wasting it. You don't have you don't have anything to show for that time. That becomes so defeating to people. They are. I I feel like this this misuse of time, misuse of freedom, misuse of flexibility is one of the things that Satan uses most often to utterly undermine any good that a homeschool mom has done because all we see at that point is our failures. Yeah, you you you're stuck, right? You get no traction and you're so focused on the flexibility, you're so focused on this individualistic education, you're so focused on the amount of, you know, time that you have that you never really move forward. You are protecting that. You never put any structure in. You never put any discipline in. You never put any boundaries in at all. And, you know, roads have boundaries, right? There's always an edge to a road. Right. And so you got to have some level of discipline. You got to have some level of structure in order to move forward. Granted, structure and discipline and all that can, can be overused as well. But the truth is, is that you need these kind of things to be able to move forward. And so you need to come back from focusing so much on flexibility, from focus on the individualistic education, that that you need to come back a little bit from that so you can actually move forward in your homeschool and get unstuck. Yep. And so what has happened in that case is that this individualistic education and this flexibility has actually become an idol. And you can see it a lot. And it does become very frustrating. I can tell you that in my own professional life, Feeling like you are stuck and you have no traction in your goals and what you're trying to do is the most frustrating thing on yes. the planet. And moms that are homeschooling their children are exactly the same way. There is nothing more frustrating than that. And it is definitely not life-giving at all. And so if you are stuck and you feel like the life is being sucked out of you, this could be one of those idols. You, you've brought your children home because of the flexibility. And now you're stuck. Yep. Yep. Or you just lean in and lean into it too much. And yeah, just remember, Satan always goes at those things that that we have idolized. And we most often don't recognize that we have. I don't think any of us would actually stand up in a, you know, a, a meeting and say, yes, I'm a flexibility idol, idol, idolater. We don't think in terms of those, but when you back up and you see the ramifications of the choices that you're making and you see how it's impacting you and your children, because when mom is brittle and feeling defeated, it impacts your kids because they're getting the brunt of it. It impacts your spouse who sees you ragged out, who assumes that homeschooling is the per- the reason for it. And he's probably encouraging you to send him back because it's too much on you. He's trying to protect you. That happens all the time. So much friction is introduced into homes because these good things get out of whack and become idols that suck the life out of you as a homeschool mom, out of your marriage, out of your family, and so on. Yeah, idols don't have faces really anymore, right? right. They're, they're, they are these things that we have created and they have gone from being something that's kind of a good thing to have. It's a good characteristic to... This is the center 
of yep. everything that we do. Yep. And I, I think you brought up a good one while we were talking earlier, and it was the relationships. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that that is a good one. And we talk constantly you know, about relationships and how great homeschooling is for the relationships that you have or could that it could be it how how great homeschooling could be for the relationships with your family your husband your children and but even that can become an idol it can because so many people get so laser focused on those relationships that it takes hold in almost an obsession or fear laced way I talk to so many moms who are truly paralyzed by the fear that they're going to do something that's going to hurt their relationship or they're going to lose their child or lose their child's heart or whatever. And and Satan would love to stall us out and to suck the life out of us because of having us be paralyzed by fear. And honestly, that was something that I dealt with when our, especially when our boys were about in middle school, I became so laser focused on the fact that I felt like I was, you know, dealing with things with them all the time. They were struggling because middle school boys do. There's a whole lot of reasons why it seems like their heads are disconnected from their bodies and they act like aliens for a few years. Physiological reasons, but I was not privy to that at the time. And I just felt like I was going to do something that would make my boys a statistic where they didn't want to be around me anymore, where I was going to lose them. And it became so, so, I became so fearful that I truly was paralyzed. I didn't have the conversations that I would normally have because I was afraid I was going to say something wrong. I was afraid I was going to push too hard. I I let things go that I wouldn't normally because of fear. I didn't sleep. I mean, it was terrible until God convicted me one day that Throughout his word, I am told not to fear and I need to trust him with their hearts and I need to obey because my calling is to go for their hearts and to point them to Jesus. And I needed to do that boldly. And that changed a lot for me. And the the outcome of that was I have tremendous relationships with my boys. In fact, my married son has called twice while we've been recording. (laughs) So I keep texting him back. I am recording still. But that's just, I didn't lose those relationships. I was able to shepherd their hearts and have hard conversations and trust that God would keep those relationships. And he did a great work in my heart and in theirs through that. But when I was allowing fear and this obsession with the relationship to get out of line, it was sucking the life out of me. And I mean, not just spiritually, but physically, I wasn't sleeping. I was really, really struggling. And that one, I think for me personally, was was an idol that I saw the the ramifications of more acutely than any of the others. It takes discernment in some of these, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you have to go from asking the question of what will save the relationship, right? What will not make my children angry? Yeah. To what will bring them to Jesus Christ the best? That's the question that you ask. And that changes the answer. Yep. You know, in a lot of ways. And if it doesn't change the answer, it changes the framing of the answer. Right. Because you're doing this thing for the opportunity to being able to bring them to Jesus Christ. Or it maybe, you know, you're if you don't if you're just answering that question with the idea of how do I save this relationship, there will be situations in which you will 
you will handle situation inconsistently. Mm-hmm. You will treat one child differently from the, the way you treat another one, which there's nothing that will provoke your children to wrath quicker than them feeling like that you love one more than the other. Right. And so then things start to spiral out of control. Right. Sucks the life out of you, sucks the life out of your family. Yep. Where if you handle situations with the fam- with the framing of what is going to bring my children to Jesus Christ, which is what you're calling is, it's going to actually be life-giving. You're yep. going to handle that situation in a different way, or at least you're going to frame the situation, meaning that maybe you're handling it the same way that you would have if you would ask the question, what is going to save the relationship? But it's being framed in a completely different way in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so down the line, your responses actually start to change. Yep. Yep. And so you were removing that idol, right? It's no longer an idol because it's no longer in the first position anymore. What's in the first position is bringing your children to Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Well, we are out of time for today. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. I hope that this has given you a lot to think about. I would love to hear what are some of the catalysts that you think may be becoming idols in your own family. Send us a note to podcast at teachthemdiligently.net and let us know. It would be really instructive to hear as as you are praying about this and thinking it through and trying to evaluate what's going on in your own family, what the Lord points out. So make sure that you send us a note for that. Again, the ones that, that we were thinking of and that we talked about today it were academics and how that can become so rigid and militaristic that it over takes everything else and really can fracture relationships and get in the way of you doing what God has called you to do, getting away from the declining or godless culture and how that can lead to isolation and judgmental behavior that is not good for your kids, not good for you, and put you both in a very vulnerable situation. Time, flexibility, and freedom and how that can defeat you if you allow those things to get out of control so that you forget that those are great tools for accomplishing your mission. They should not be your sole focus. And then finally, relationships where focus on them can lead to fear, can lead to obsession, can can make you fret and worry and lose sleep and uh, can have just a lot of damaging effects on your family. So I hope this has been a help to you today. You know, we talk all the time about the Great Commission starts right there in your home And as you are so laser focused on bringing your kids to Jesus, fulfilling that calling that he has given you, it's imperative that you keep your your life free of these idols that can truly fracture relationships and suck the life out of you, out of your family, removing the joy of what God has given you to do, because you really, you have the best job on the planet. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. 